This is Navigating Hospitality and I'm Dr. Allison Green. Usually we talk about the crossroads of social intelligence, business, and the hospitality industry. However, over the next month or so, we will be doing podcasts that are specifically involving local leaders in the hospitality industry. So buckle up, here we go, let's have a listen. Today is April 16th, 2020, and before the roundtable starts, I thought I would take just a moment and share with you something that may or may not be said in the roundtable. And I thought I would share with you how proud I am to know a local organization. Innisfree Hotels is donating 6,300 room nights to healthcare workers and medical professionals. This is an initiative between Hilton, Corporate, and American Express. It is an amazing thing for them to step up and do this. I am so honored to know the people at Innisfree. So I wanted to give a shout out before everything started. Enjoy the round table. I'm looking forward to it. Good morning, everybody. How is everybody? Um, if you wouldn't mind this morning, uh, because we have a lot of people that have called in and I know we've introduced ourselves um, before on here, but I don't think I caught everybody. Can we just say a good morning? Um, and who's here? Todd, you're up. Todd <laughs> Thompson from the chamber. Yep, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, John Pierre. Who's next? Hey, good morning. This is Rick from Voodoo Barbecue. Hey, Rick. How are you this morning? I'm great. Thank you. Good. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's Nicole Stacy with Visit Pensacola. Hey, Nicole. Good morning, everybody. This is Nick with Industry Hotels. Hey, Nick. How are you this morning? Great. How are you? Good. Thanks. Jonathan Griffith with the Studer Family and Companies. Good morning, Jonathan. Corey, Corey Mosley here with the Florida Restaurant Lodging Association. Good morning, Corey. Hey, it's Maddie with the PND. Oh, hey, Maddie. Yeah, good to hear you this morning. Glad to have you back on. Thank you. Happy to be here. And I think, as my mouth is open, um, Rick Fountain, you're here, right? I am here. Okay, good. Because Kelly, Kelly Massey, um, it doesn't seem like he could join us. He's super busy. So um, hopefully you can interject as we're going along. I know that other people have said that they're super busy. Um, again, welcome. It's Thursday. The chit chat before we started um, streaming was holy moly, another Thursday. And um, so I'm so happy to have all of you here. We have been doing this. This is our fourth time that um, we're capturing what's going on. And each week, again, it's pivotal <laughs> what what is happening. Um, again, we it happens that the unemployment numbers have just come out um, and it's still not looking good and we're hearing a lot of different things um, and as we navigate through the week I just want to see how's it going um, any any top of the mind what's going on because now we're in it we understand where we are what's going on as businesses I want to hear from all of you Okay, yeah, got it. 
Any, I, and I get that, John Pierre, and I get that um, because we're kind of on pins and needles, and I'm not on the background. I know that we have Todd on here too. Um, is I'm not. I'm. I'm waiting to hear like everybody else. Um, what's happening with how how it looks, you know, um, as we start looking to reopen. And I get what you're saying is now we have to in our business model talk about more of the takeout and things like that for revenue, right? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, and also, um, there's also, it's going to take a while before we see more people coming out. I think the fear is still out there. Um, okay. I think also a lot of people will stay home um, or limit any activities um, that will require to be out um, and about with a lot of people. Um, I think that fear is going to be lingering for a while. Um, yeah. I think also we to add that to our business model, you know, hospitality or uh, restaurant uh, lodging or hospitality is going to be part of the that's uh, going to be part of the new norm uh, yeah. as business we open. Yeah. Is everybody else feeling that way? Um, as leaders, again, as leaders, are you all, help me understand, are you all getting together and changing your models to forecast out for recovery? How is that looking? Yeah, with us at the hotels, I mean, we're looking out and forecasting, you know, best worst case scenarios. Um, and when, um, you know, when, when things start to open up and whether we're going to look at it from the, you know, a, a incremental standpoint where, you know, when, whatever, you know, percentage of occupancy increase, you know, looks like from a staffing model and how we bring these people back to work and get them back working as soon as possible. And I'm interested, so we have, um, and I think it's a good dynamic, and again, um, if you want to tell me a little bit more about um, out in in the food and beverage versus hotels, so hotels versus the freestanding, those are totally going to be different Um you know, going forward, because the restaurants, I don't know if I'm right on this and I'm asking, I'm throwing it out there. Um, restaurants to me are going to come back quicker than the hotels, uh, just giving what star data is giving us. What are you feeling about that? I mean, I agree. Um, I think that, you know, the, the restaurants are going to start operating and you know, they're going to pick up business a lot faster. Um, you know, especially like you said, with our, our forecasting and trending demand page for, you know, the next 60, 90, 120, 180 days. Um, and it's, it's people are just, they're, they're going to be leery for a while, you know, before consumer comments returns before, you know, so it, it's going to take some time. But like I said, restaurants, I think, are going to pick back up because, you know, the, the sentiment that we've seen is that the first thing people want to do is go out to dinner. Yeah. You know, there's... Um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of that people are starting to feel pent up and a little bit, you know, stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with that. Who else? Who else would like to chime in? Yeah, uh, this is Rick with Voodoo Barbecue. Um, you know, I think also as we come back into it and, and you know, the quarantine has, or, or, you know, the social distancing, if you will, that that's being lifted, I think that 
people have developed habits already. You know what they say? Mm. You do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit, right? <laughs> right. Um, I think social distancing, I think when you, when you have crowded restaurants, people are going to want space. I don't think they're going to be want to be right up next to somebody else for a while. Um, so I think that probably, you know, we'll, we'll have to look at our seating arrangements. Um, also, I think just touch points mm-hmm. from customers. I think they're going to be a lot more fearful of germs after this. Um, and so looking at different things of, you know, if it's, if it's touching a point of sale system where you're running your own charge to, you know, condiments on tables, what have you. Um, I think all of those things are something that we're going to have to look at as an industry just to say, okay, what changes do we need to make um, to, to ease that fear for the public? Yeah, that's a super good point. Um, great point on that. I think, too, also to a tourism point, um, you know, it's going to be a really have to be a very healthy balance between us working with our community and our small businesses and our hoteliers because they are going to be hiring back their people and they are going to be setting into this new normal with how they're spreading out their tables or how often they're cleaning and all the things everyone has just mentioned. But then when do you open up the gates to invite visitors to come back to our destination? And, you know, we want them here, but when will the community not be fearful of others from other states coming to visit us and when do we start running those ads saying come back to pensacola yes we've got the wide open spaces we've got tons of outdoor activity which everyone and all the calls i've been on have been saying that's going to be a plus for our area Um, and and we're a great drive market so that's going to be good too but when do you you know Make sure it's okay with your community to do that because you don't want to just say, come on back, but Pensacola not be ready for that. So be very careful and very mindful of both sides. And being safe. safe. I I think that's where that's um, what I'm hearing for all of you. And I'm interested, um, Jonathan's on here, and one of the aspects of hospitality, and I know that your student groups and and you represent uh, quite a few entities downtown, but I'm wondering with what are you hearing on the event side? Because that, again, is such a magnet in our community, the, um, the Wahoos. What are what are you hearing on that side as far as um, you know? Are we going to not have a season? What what is going on with that? We're basically hearing nothing. Um, it's, oh. it's pretty concerning overall. Um, that we're not getting any response from major league or minor league baseball right now. Um, okay. Basically, it'll be a trickle down effect once they figure out the major league season. Then they'll tell us what we're going to do. But we've done all the planning from. You know, having the season go to October possibly um, to maybe not having the season. You know, we, we really don't have a clear answer, um, but we basically are prepared to be ready to go as soon as they say we can. Um, but like everyone else, we're changing our business as well as far as like more hand sanitizing locations when you come to the ballpark um, and really looking at things like masks and the different things like that that we'll need to offer. Um, because it'll be a different time because as everybody said people will be a little cautious i believe um when we first open this up and you know if they have baseball starting and say if we start june 1st um i still think people are going to be a a bit caught they want to get out but they also don't want to be too close to people 
the good thing is we are an outdoor venue, so we're hoping that that will help. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a, a whole new time. And I, I think we'll be learning like everybody else day by day of what what does right look like, um, you know, as far as, you know, how far do people distance themselves? Um, you know, at a baseball game, normally you come with people you know, so that, you know, as far as the little clusters. Um, but when is 5,000 people together allowed? We're, we're not sure. Right. Right. Yeah. I wonder about that as well. Who else has um, thoughts about how it's going to look as we come out of this? Yeah, I'll add, cause Todd, I'll wait yeah. a little. <clears throat> so you're starting to see on the state level uh, some groups and task, for, task forces being put together. Uh, the governor will be out announcing the state's uh, task force tomorrow, what they're calling phase two, which is starting to look at uh, reopening and on the state level it's going to be everything from you know analyzing whether schools will reopen before the end of the school year to tourism to agriculture to transportation you know as was mentioned people coming in and out of the state so that uh, task force should be enough tomorrow uh, a conglomeration of state associations announced this week uh, headed up and, and Corey may be able to add a little to this, but uh, Associated Industries of Florida, which is a business organization, uh, Florida Restaurant Lodging Association, uh, National Federation of Independent Business, and Florida Retail Federation are the kind of the, the leaders of this organization. And But there are a number of, of uh, associations underneath this umbrella that will be meeting and making recommendations leading up to, you know, we have April 30th is the state's you know, that's the date right now that we have, that we know, you know, we're, we're supposed to shelter at home. Beyond that, we don't know. You know, they may set a new date. They may say, okay, these are the next steps we're taking towards reopening uh, different things. So uh, we are starting to look at the same things locally. Um, been in contact with Florida West and Visit Pensacola the city and the county uh, about doing the same sort of thing locally, getting getting data, getting information. So when the city and the county, uh, our elected officials start meeting, we as the business community can make sound recommendations to them uh, using data, using you know solid information. Uh, we'll be looking at those organizations for, for a lot of direction, but also getting uh, input from, from our business community. We just started talking about the business week, so there'll be more to come. But uh, and Madison, if, if you can hold off writing about that, uh, <laughs> consider that background for NetWalk. <laughs> but um, more to come pretty soon. Uh, we're putting it together, and we'll definitely need input from this group. Great. Thank, thanks for the update. Um, Corey, do you want to follow up with anything FRLA? Yeah, just, you know, to Todd's point, he's right. Um, you know, hopefully this task force coming together will, uh, at a state level, will kind of help get the good input of different industries as a whole, you know, from the retail federation to the restaurants and hotels and, and see that we start moving forward in the right direction and get back open. But uh, someone else mentioned too, you know, at this point, we just don't know 
you know, what, where we're headed. So hopefully, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that, um, you know, come April 30th, at the end of the month, you know, we'll um, start seeing a trend upwards back to normal. So other than that, that's all I've got. You know, um, yesterday, and and while we while we are um, still have Todd and Corey, um, and all, and this is for for everybody here. Um, what was real? I was on the FRLA call, probably with most of you, um, and listening to Senator Scott about um, really local sourcing and how we really need to make sure that um, we are prepped. And actually, I saw DC come in and I was thinking about the hand sanitizer and then with some of our comments here. Um, how is that changing all of your, again, this is totally, your your business models are kind of changing, but um, now we're looking at how do we get things locally? So how do we not import, if you will? Um, because I know that's going to be an issue, which means it's going to drive up costs. How are you all thinking about that? How is that affecting you? Or is it? I think you made a very, I think you made a very good point, and I listened to the, to the senator. And it is something that uh, we have... I have started you know, thinking about yesterday. How are you gonna you know, mitigate those costs and try to support every single local business uh, in this area so we can support each other and mitigate the cost at the same time. And also one of is gonna be this distribution or logistics to get, you know, enough of the product that we need uh, once business once business starts, you know, creeping back up. Uh, but we're going to do our efforts, we're going to do everything it takes uh, to support every single business, uh, every local business in town uh, for as far as that's concerned. And, and that was a very good point. Uh. Yeah, interesting. Anybody else on that with our imports, our, that whole thing is going to change? Hello? Yes, go ahead. You're breaking up. Go ahead. Oh, um, yeah, I was asking if anybody else had thoughts about that as far as local sourcing, manufacturing. And I know that, you know, we were talking about, they're talking about masks and things like that. But, but if we're talking about we have to have more sanitation or whatever it is um, and we're not going to import it, anybody else have thoughts on how that's going to affect um, what you're buying? No? Okay. I have a question for all of you. Um, are you able to get, um, I, I had a conversation with somebody the other day, went into, we try every day to get takeout from for my house. <laughs> and um, so my question is, are you getting supply, are you getting your regular stock in or is it becoming a problem now other than toilet paper? fresh veggies, um, all of that. I'm interested more of... For, for the Studer family and companies, we haven't had any problems at all. Um, doing the family meals at the Wahoos, um, we are doing 200, was that 1,000 meals this week. Um, 
on Friday. We're doing um, obviously the shops as well. We're doing a lot of drive the drive-in and the family meals, things like that. We've just kind of changed what we normally do um, and kind of you know are going with the things that are in stock. But we haven't had yeah. any problems with that. We're actually actually kind of running a grocery store at the stadium as well. Yeah. So we, we've been all right with all of our supplies right now. Yeah. Rick West. This, this is, oh. this, yeah, this is Rick from Voodoo. Um, it's been spotty. I would say that there's been some items that uh, we haven't, that you know, that we have had to run out of. Um, uh, but overall, we've been able to maintain everything. I have switched to buying a lot of my produce locally instead. You know, the distributors. You know, restaurants took a hit, so of course distributors took a hit too when all of a sudden half of their customers at least have closed down or had significant decreases in their sales. Well, this distributor wasn't ready for that either, so they had to obviously have a lot of product that expired that they've taken to the to the dump or, or what have you. Um, so, so I've definitely had to make some adjustments, but it hasn't been anything that's really, you know, business shattering or, or anything like that. I would say there's a product here, a product there that I'm having to either take off the menu for a limited time, um, nothing I've had to take off the menu for permanently, um, and then just uh, sourcing some of the produce items locally um, because because distributors are electing not to uh, not to run the risk of buying them themselves. Yeah, or, the, or they've cut down their quantities, and, and they're still trying to establish their new car, new cars. Right. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting time on that. Anybody else with? How's, I mean, as far as we're concerned, at the great southern restaurant, we have not uh, had any problems so far. Uh, we did our chef did adjust their menu, you know, based on. Uh, certain criteria such as uh, you know comfort food, uh, what people are really looking for mm -hmm. as far as family meal and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but we are, uh, I mean, so far we've been very fortunate and lucky. Uh, our distributors are running the truck outside, uh, and products that we have been ordering are coming in. Uh, we have switched most of our produce locally uh, with. Uh, Mainly a couple of the local farm distributors, uh, and we're getting it, you know, to a better quality, if you will, than we did the first or the second week of the, oh. the confinement, uh, where some of the product, as Rick has mentioned, you know, they were not some of our distributors were not ready for this, and there was product that not the quality was be desired because probably they were sitting in their house and didn't find a way to get to. So far, so far, we're doing pretty good. Good. Do you see, I think I saw I saw an article that you guys had to go up to, was it uh, Michigan to get your your uh, supplies, your beer cans? Yeah, uh, I would say, yeah, we've had a supply issue, um, you know, it mainly because now that pivoted our business model, our product is now required, you know, our bottleneck, you know, no pun intended, is we got to put something in a bottle or a can. So, um, you know, we've not the glass, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of glasses that we have sitting around that aren't being used. So, um, everybody in the entire craft beer industry is in the same boat. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, fortunately, we already had a crowler machine that we were using, so we could see seam cans. Uh, but then, uh, once we started to realize, I think we like ordered, uh, you know, about 1,200 on March 31st. Then we three days later we ordered another 1,200. Then, um, yeah, as you mentioned, I think the News Journal wrote a story that one of the a couple of the guys that owned these here drove a truck up to Michigan to bring it. We got two more pallets. Then another half pallet showed up. So now we're waist deep in cans, but uh, but you know for now. But yeah. I'd rather have two. I mean, that's literally our lifeblood right now. Is whether we have cans and bottles. Actually, our own staff, two of our own staff, two weeks ago drove up to Atlanta um, and borrowed the big jerk soda van, and we loaded up 1,500 bottles as many as we could find and brought those back, or we would have been shut down for four or five days. So, wow. you know, we're trying to be as resourceful as we can, knowing that we just—I mean—that is basically the only way you know, for us to make money is right now is to be able to can or bottle something for the most part. So. Um, but, you know, other than that, though, uh, you know, other supplies have uh, not. And even now, I think cans are becoming a little more available, not not on demand, but close. Um, and so, you know, it's starting to level out a little bit. So we've been fine on that regard. Good, good. Um, you know, I think for me, another question is, um, so if the supply is there, if you guys are getting what you need, it seems like then in just in smaller quantities, and this is for everybody, um, that, you know, that alleviates a little bit of um, either frustration or of, um, Oh, I don't know what else I want to say on this. What what I'm thinking is this is like a the perfect case study of um, ordering and what to do as far as a leader to be creative in this time. Um, and I think you're seeing a lot of, which is interesting, is you're seeing a lot of, especially the food and beverage side, our chefs are very creative in general. And um, so this is really solving some of the big problems. So yeah, very interesting. Uh, Nicole, if you want to tell us what's going on with um, how are we doing this week compared to last week, the focus. I loved the video that you sent out with caring about what we're doing here first. I think that was a real um, telltale of what we are in this area. Um, any updates or any thoughts that you want to bring to the conversation? I mean, I think that we are just continuing to focus on being a resource for our community. Um, we still have all of our advertising is all paused. We're not doing any paid advertising um, and just really focusing in on how we can continue to help our partners and even our non-partners given the time and the circumstances. Uh, we are starting to put forward um, a recovery effort with our agency. And I hate to use the word recovery because I almost want to call it a comeback. Um, but again, like everyone has said, we just don't really have a timeline and no one really knows when the green light will be given. And even when the green light is given, what does that look like with the new rules and people's feelings and, and how we need to move forward with this new normal. So for us right now, it's just pumping out content that either helps people with an inspiring uh, distraction or helps kids that are sitting at home and they're missing their student, their friends at school. And so adding, you know, the coloring sheets and the virtual tours and just working with the museum. I love that the Navy Museum is working with us because 
know, for some of us, we haven't been in the museum since November. So uh, being able to share what a great attraction we have here with the rest of the world has been really special. And there's just anything we can do to shed a little light on the great community that Pensacola is and the great community that Pensacola will always be. Yeah. Um, sharing the beach camps has been a huge success because everyone's missing the beaches. Uh, just about as much as we are all on this call, I'm sure. So our, our strategy hasn't changed, um, and our messaging is that we just want to be a resource, whatever that means and however that looks, uh, for right now. And when we are able to invite people back, we will be ready to go um, as soon as we can. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, anybody else? You know, I'm also interested, as uh, Nicole was talking, I was thinking uh, we have a great resource when you said that the, um, the Navy we, at UWF with small business development um, is attached to College of Business. My question is, is everything going okay with the SBA loans? I know that there's been tremendous background of when the money's running out. The PPP, um, anything that on the background we need to bring to the um, forefront and either be aware of or help with in general? Or is it all going okay? Um, this, this is Rick with Voodoo Barbecue. Uh-huh. Um, again, uh, I would, the, the only, uh, we're seeing the funds. We've, you know, we've, we've secured our PPP and okay. even the advance for the economic injury disaster loan has came through, but there's really not any communication on that part of it. You know, with, with the PPP, we did have communication from, from our bank, of course, but with the economic injury, the EIDL, as they're calling it for short, um, there really hadn't any, been any con- communication at all. There'll be, there'll be a, a very vague email that came out, um, and then all of a sudden, just the advance just showed up in our account. Um, oh. And then I'm look and I'm looking at different things, and it says, well, if you if you only take out the PPP advance, then the EIDL grant is not forgiven. But if you take out an EIDL loan as well, then that then that that grant is forgiven. Um, well, I'm, you know, I haven't had any communication as far as the EIDL goes, as far as in my, in my where, you know, where is the process at it? And it's not just me. I'm part of a restaurant group, too, and, and I'm, I'm hearing that from several different different restaurant owners that have applied throughout the throughout the U.S. I know SBDC is kind of a, a Florida thing, mm-hmm. um, but this is throughout, throughout the nation. Okay. Yeah, this is Todd. I can follow up on that. We had a virtual uh, chamber board meeting yesterday, and Doug Brown with Service First is uh, – gave us a, an update and one of the things he said with the, the EIDL is that yes uh, that program has gone very slowly communication has been a major problem that people file and they don't get any information back um, and you know I think again it's just you've got the entire country trying to um, to file for this and you know they're just overwhelmed so that one has been frustrating. The Florida Bridge Loan, you may have seen this in the PNJ, that one's, that money uh, allocated for that has already been spent. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if they'll come back and, and replenish that fund, but uh, the, the Florida Disaster Bridge Loan, that money's gone. Uh, PPP, I think, runs out probably tomorrow. Um, they're, and it doesn't seem like they have 
uh, contingency, at least in the short term. So uh, we'll just have to see what happens there. I can tell you, and I pushed this out in my email this morning, then we'll put it on our social media and I'll push it out as well. Um, the U.S. Chamber uh, is offering a $5,000 uh, grant for business. Um, we have the website is uh, savesmallbusiness.com. This will open on Monday, uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, you can apply. And then we'll also have uh, this, this smaller scale, but you know, there, there'll be businesses that will want to do this as well. Um, through the city and the county, uh, SBDC will manage this, but the county put in $100,000, the city put in $25,000. Uh, each business can get up to $2,500 um, as it will be a grant, not a loan. Uh, you can start applying Monday morning. The application is available. You can go to the city or county's uh, website to get the application and start working on it. They'll start accepting those Monday morning and keep it open for the entire week. They know that the money will go before they get through all the applications, but there's the potential for both the city and the county to kick in more money. So uh, anybody who's interested should go ahead and apply. Uh, make sure you just get your information in and it's correct and uh, hopefully there'll be some more money that'll be kicked in. Seems like some good news. Thank you very much. And hey, this is DC. I, I, one thing, and I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, uh, as far as PPP goes, uh, when I've been talking with companies through the spring about, you know, what to do and, you know, how they're handling it uh, after they've been funded, I think it's really important to note it because a lot of times this is kind of the first experience for a lot of people with this kind of funding and the, and the forgiveness piece of this. And what I keep warning people is, uh, we don't know what all the rules of this PPP money is going to be for forgiveness yet. I guarantee it. You know, just because they're not out doesn't mean that there aren't any rules. I mean, for example, right now, there is no rule that says the owner can't write the entire payroll check to him or herself. You know, not that somebody would ever do that, but just my point is, is that's not the spirit of what the program is. But if they're on it, if they're a W-2, they're an employee, 75% has to be used towards payroll. You know, maybe they couldn't write the entire thing because they'd have to keep 75% of people on. But point is, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to take advantage of the program right now. And people have like mentioned those to me. And I keep saying, really, the smartest thing to do is do what's right in the spirit of the program, because there are going to be more rules coming and more regulations on, on what will be forgiven and what won't be. So, you know, somebody who wants to go, you know, buy a new company truck and think it's because it says transportation, you know, that that's going to count. I just would be very weary. So if you have, I would communicate that is you can look along, whether it's BP oil spill, whether it's recession programs, every time, you know, understandably, the goal has been to get the money out and get it into the hands of businesses that need it. And I, I would be willing to bet in the next two or three weeks, the SBA is going to come back with some uh additional information and restrictions uh, on how you can use that money. So uh, I just like to get that kind of warning out there that just because there isn't a rule now doesn't mean there isn't going to be a rule or a regulation later. Um, and so we've been trying to tell every business we've been consulting with that point. 
Yeah, and then, um, this is Rick again, Levuda. That, that's a great point. And then also with the um, the eight weeks that you have after that it's funded to, to, to use that money for payroll, and I think you brought it up last week about the, um, the, what was it, the payroll tax credit being a better option for a lot of the businesses who aren't open. Because, you know, you, you apply for this, and it doesn't really make sense to bring employees back just to have them sit around so that you're making that, that payroll. Um, we're fortunate enough to be able to maintain our staffing and, and do quite well with the takeout, um, but I've talked to some other businesses and even some other, other voodoos in other parts of the country saying that aren't able to reopen, saying, you know, you, you might be better off taking this, this credit versus the... Um, versus the PPP loan because you don't want to just be forced to, to spend this within the eight weeks. And it's not eight weeks after you reopen, it's eight weeks after it's funded. Correct. Day one is when the money hits your account on the PPP. And the people I think of in that situation would be the, um, you know, the nail salons or the hair salons where right. they don't have a middle ground. You know, I'm the same as you, uh, I, you know, we, we're still able to maintain payroll and, you know, it's not the same for everybody's taking a hit, but, you know, bartenders can still make some tips and we can still have some revenue. So it obviously makes more sense for us to go the PPP route. But if it's somebody out there that really cannot operate their business and they have, maybe let's say they have three or four full-time managers or something like that, where, um, you know, they want to keep them on, but they don't have to meet a requirement of keeping 75% of their payroll on, then yeah, getting half of those salary, uh, half of those salaries paid for so long as you've had you've, you've lost 50 percent of your business could end up being more lucrative but i've been telling people just it, it's a pretty simple calculation um if you just guesstimate how long you, you're at half sales or worse um you know your account could quickly say which one would be better and chances are ppp is better because it truly is that forgiven model um but you know, I think people are jumping right to that and thinking that there is another option out there that might be beneficial for someone clear who has a little bit more black and white in terms of being open or closed. Right, absolutely. And then I think a lot of people are under the impression that um, that uh, that uh, it that they have to be making a certain amount of money or whatever. But my understanding is that's fully it can be a fully refundable credit. Isn't that right? In terms of the PPP or the no, no, not oh, not the the. the it's a payroll credit. Fundable, exactly. It's it's a tax credit. That's what's different. It's not they're not funding you the way PPP is. So it's later. But yes, it's it's fully in essence. In essence, the government's going to pay half. You don't have the employee percentage threshold that you have with PPP. And as long as your your threshold is, you've got to be losing at least fifty percent of your business. Uh, and I think that runs technically through December. So now you have to be losing your business for that long. But um, but you know it, that's what could be making more valuable is that you have that program will run much longer than just eight weeks. So um, so anyway, it was just something to look at. I talked about it on news radio the other day to make because it's getting probably five percent of the you know notoriety of PPP because it's a little more complicated. But there it could be some value for folks out there. And I think DC part of this is to bring in a couple of points. Um, 
of the details of it and what's to come and what we don't know. But, but the biggest thing is, especially as um, people that have been through not this, but similar situations to pull from uh, just to be cautious, I'm hearing you say, and um, to make sure that if you're not fluid in um, the accounting, to make sure that, that you get the support as needed because I because when you're surrounded with like-minded people with that support and understanding and talking about it kind of like we're doing right here that's great um, but there are one-offs there's a lot of one-offs that just um, you know have to be careful so I appreciate your words on that for sure um, before we wrap up today I want to make sure that Rick Fountain do you want to add anything because I know uh, Todd talked about the grants and I was going to talk about that uh, so that's covered. Is there anything that you want to add, especially as an accountant <laughs> and a lawyer no, and a dean? <laughs> this, is, this has been a great meeting, and I, I, I am impressed uh, of the free flow of ideas and thoughts. It makes me proud to be a part of this community. And I, I, again, I want to thank everyone that participates. Yeah. In, to Allie for doing this. I think we'll look back at this time and we'll have a different communication system going forward because we've gotten to know each other so much better, uh, for example, just through these meetings. So thank, thanks to all of you for participating. Yep. I agree. All right. So those were the words of wisdom. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. All right. Anybody else on questions or anything that last comments? The side. Oh, oh, yes. Before I forget, I just want to make sure that from that first hospitality meeting that that um, and it came out yesterday, the Frontline Foods. I don't know if anybody had the opportunity to look at that. I think it's a great idea. I don't know from um, the, the restaurant side if it's something that you all um, want to look at or not. If you want to, um, it was, I sent it out in an email, so I'm not sure if it is something that you want to do individually. That's up to you. Yes, uh, I did get the email, and thank you very much, Ali. Uh, and we did sign up, the Great Southern Restaurant Group did okay. sign up. Uh, so that was, a, that was pretty good. Good, good. Yeah, because that's a, somebody just contacted me, not a somebody, she's an alum, actually, of the College of Business in Accounting, John Pierre just kind of like you yeah um and um so we have to give absolutely a shout out i again i don't know the back side of it but um it it is um i mean there's there's other communities doing it it's really a good thing and it's not your donation people will pay you um but i think i was thinking of if it makes sense for especially rick west up here uh by um, West Florida Hospital um, to do some of the thank yous to those healthcare workers and definitely, um, you know, downtown and, and, well, actually everywhere, so. Yeah, and we're gonna put it up on our, web, our website and, okay. and it'll be in Jack's update that'll go out tomorrow morning um, just to make sure people are aware of it if they want to participate. 
Yeah, thank you for doing that. I wasn't sure because I know everybody's doing kind of a little bit of everything. Um, and I just didn't want to step on anybody's toes, but we have to. Um, I mean, what a great idea coming, if nothing else, it, and I'm with Rick Fountain on this, is every week something comes, bubbles up. And um, so it's a cool thing. Yeah, and thank, thank you for sharing that, Allie. I didn't get a chance to follow up on yesterday. I did see it, and I will, I will okay. be jumping on that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and if anybody, if it makes sense, all of you, if it makes sense, send it out um, to, you know, whoever you want to as well, because it sounds like a really uh, a good thing to do. The uh, frontlinefoods.org, I think, is, is what it is, and you can drill down to um, our area. All right. Without further ado, it's we're about at 45 minutes. We went a little bit longer than the half an hour. We've tried to scale back. I just want to thank everybody and, again, echo what uh, Rick Fountain is saying. Um, I'm honestly honored and every week just so pleased with the input and being a part of this roundtable. So thank you all. Have a great week, and we'll talk soon.